Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, I am not hangover and I'm with Mark. How's it going, Mark? Good. <laughs> Better than last time. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast with Tim. And today we're going to do something that we haven't done in a long time. We're going to actually give you an update on healthambition.com, which is one of our authority websites that is part of our portfolio. We haven't done that yeah, in a really long time. And we're in the process of essentially rebuilding the entire site. Like literally, we have restarted the, the site from a blank WordPress install. You can't see it probably at the time at which we're releasing that podcast because we're in the final rounds of revisions and so on. This podcast, yeah, it's going to be uh, switched over sometime in March, I think, is our estimated completion date. Yeah, so this and that, as if you didn't know yet, I can't say them properly. I work on this. You guys can call me out in the comments if you want, in, in these comments, I guess. Anyway, let's start. <laughs> if you want all the show notes of everything we're going to talk about today, you can find them on authorityhacker.com slash start dash over authorityhacker.com slash start dash over but before we actually talk about like what we would do if we had to start that website over from the beginning which is essentially the concept of that podcast, podcast. can you just give an explanation of this podcast <laughs> that's gonna be funny can you could you just tell us mark where we were at when we started the house on mission yeah, so uh, I think it was like 2013 when we first started Health Ambition. And honestly, we didn't really know what we were doing. You and I had been running a digital marketing agency for, I think, four years, something like that at the time. And, you know, I think that was around the time we sort of kind of realized we wanted out. We wanted to build our own thing and do our own thing rather than kind of build other people's businesses. And we've done other podcasts about this a couple of years ago, talking about our agency. So we'll try and link to those in the show notes as well, just in case anyone's interested. But more or less, we decided to start an authority site. We didn't really know what we were doing. So we randomly decided without really much thought or planning that health would be a good one because we were both kind of interested in being a bit healthier at the time. Are you healthier now? So we thought, okay, let's, let's have a go of it. Let's start our site <laughs> in some ways, but definitely not in others. So it didn't work. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I learned a lot. I think it's more challenge in execution rather than knowledge now. Uh, yeah. That's, that's like knowing that you're bad is already progress, you know? Sure. It's like this and that all over again, you know? All right, let's resume the explanation. No. So, I mean, that's basically it. As I said, we didn't really have a clear strategy. We, we sort of changed directions a lot, experimented with a lot of different things. Most of it didn't work, but some of it did. And we iterated on that and we improved it. But, you know, along the way, just by having this approach of doing lots of different things, changing a lot, you know, a lot of the tech changed fairly regularly. It kind of left our site a little bit bloated. It's pretty slow right now. It's not really optimized for mobile. There's a bunch of other issues which we'll, we'll go through through today. Not really optimized for mobile is an understatement. It's terrible on mobile. Uh, and we'll go more into all these details. But I think, I mean, that was our first authority site. It was a good guinea pig, you know. We're like, we figured out email marketing with it. We figured out a lot of like the Amazon stuff, ClickBank stuff, all that stuff, like a lot of the earlier posts that we wrote on Authority Hacker, if you actually check out like the, the 
old ones I wrote back in the day, they were pretty much all based on the experience with health ambition. But as you said, like things have changed, things have been optimized right now, and we just know more or less like what we want to do. But there's all that old stuff left on the site that's just it makes it a little bit of a mess. It's, it's kind of like when you have a computer for, you know, four or five years and you don't reinstall Windows at some point during that time, just with all the programs you're adding and updates you've done or drivers you've, you, you've installed, you know, you're bound to get a conflict or two happening. And then, you know, if you keep going, eventually it just kind of like slows down and you just have to like restart from scratch. Now, that's not necessarily the case with all sites, and it's certainly the, the, the more recent sites we've, we've started, we don't intend for this to happen because we're sort of building it in a much, I guess, cleaner and more sustainable way. That's kind of, a, I think, a good analogy for, for what's going on here. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we say that now, and... No, 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 that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know, when you're laughing, when you're laughing, I feel like I made a decent mistake, but... Anyway, we said that now, but I actually think that it's still possible that in like for the sites we started like last year, that we might look back at them in like four or five years and be like, oh my God, what were we doing? It's, it's kind of like a constant learning thing. And you can't expect to like build things forever on the internet. Just it keeps evolving. And at some point you need to do like big redesigns and so on. That's why big brands do that all the time. Every couple of years, you know, brands refresh their branding, they refresh their websites, their web presence, etc. because... Uh, they have to stay current for what people are used to, basically. Okay, so let's take the rest of this podcast to talk about like more in-depth things that we would do differently now compared to what they are at the time at which we're recording this podcast on healthambition.com. Uh, and the first one I want to talk about is just monetization and business model. And I'm working on a new webinar right now for you guys. And you know, one of the things that I talk about is always start with the end. So like... In this case, making money from the site is the end for me. And so the problem that we've had in health, for health and mission most of the time, is as an affiliate, it was always hard, hard to find offers that I was like super proud to push to people. And, you know, we've had our clickbank days, etc. We've done that for a long time and so on. We don't do it as much these days. And to be frank, some of these offers, like I wouldn't be comfortable pushing them anymore because I don't find them very good and it's hard to build a site that people can trust when you can't actually make recommendations of people of products people can trust because they'll do what you say once and then if they buy something that's complete garbage they'll never come back and it's very hard to build a long-term relationship like on Atari Hacker you know all the tools that we recommend we use them we really are behind them and you can tell because we also review tools that we don't like and we say why we don't like them so it was hard to do that on um, a health ambition. So actually, what we do different now, actually, with our experience, and that's not necessarily the way we recommend for newbies to do it, but we're actually going to be working on a core product for health ambition. So for example, on Atari Hacker, you can basically buy the authority site system, which is our course on starting new authority sites anytime. And that's the flagship course that's sold all the time. And Atari Hacker Pro comes once in a while. So we're want to build something like that on health ambition because it just gives us something to push to our subscribers all the time even if the offer is not as varied as like having a dozen affiliate offers at least you have someone wants to buy from you you always have something to sell them another thing that we found for monetization 
is we've been playing a lot with advertising and our informational articles, so articles that do things like answering questions, like, you know, what are the health benefits of bananas and that kind of stuff. It's kind of hard to make money from them. Like, I can't really sell bananas on Amazon. Maybe the Haribo one, but I don't think that's very healthy. But what we found is that with display advertising and networks like AdThrive, which is the one that we've been using lately, we've been getting actually very good revenue per thousand visitors. Not as good as an affiliate article, but these articles also generate more links and generate a lot more traffic. So even though you make, let's say, a third of the money you'd make from an affiliate article, it's not that hard to get three times more traffic from that same article. So it kind of evens out. Yeah, the competition tends to be a bit lower on the sort of info content based articles rather than the affiliate heavily monetized articles. Uh, it's worth saying as well, I think AdDrive has a minimum number of views per month or something is like 100k yeah are you actually there's actually another network that's coming close to the revenue numbers called mediavine and they only need twenty five thousand visitors per month so it's it's kind of more achievable like some of our newer sites already hit that number now so yeah it's it's you definitely using these kind of like meta networks they essentially use sub networks and try to optimize your ad revenue for you we found Unless you, you're really hardcore on like optimizing networks, but that takes a lot of times, it's, it actually works better. So we're definitely going to do more of that. And informational content is definitely going to make a big push on the new health ambition, actually. To give you an idea as well, in our first year of health ambition, you know, we're getting hundreds of thousands of visits. But we, I think, one time experimented for a couple of weeks and put some just basic, unoptimized, untested Google AdSense on there. And it like it made a tiny bit of money, but like hardly anything. I mean, unsurprisingly, based on the placements and our approach to it. So we just kind of wrote it off. So I think another takeaway from there is that this is one of those things like display ads can consistently make money for people and they do consistently make money for people. But it's a constant like optimization game and using a network like AdThrive or whatever the other one was. I forgot. What, what did you just say? Mediavine. Media Vine. Yeah. We'll link to these in the show notes. But they will basically do a lot of the heavy lifting for you with that regard. So, yeah. Yeah. So, that essentially, it's like kind of planning your business better. And same with the affiliate offers. I feel like in the health space, I mean, we have worked directly with a couple of people who were product owners that had essentially better products. So, but it's not really something that you can find just by Googling, you, you kind of need to get in touch with like product owners and they run their affiliate programs privately and so on. So it's kind of like a little circle you need to get into. But yeah, it's something that we intend to do more with the new health admission is just, just walking our way into more exclusive affiliate programs. And that's where, for example, the new branding of the site is going to help a lot. Because if you look at health admission right now, it's not necessarily going to win any kind of design award. I'm not sure the new version will, but it's definitely a lot better and looks a lot more branded, which should open a lot more doors. And that's why also working on the branding is quite important, especially when you approach like people that believe in like that they have a brand or something. They don't want to associate themselves with like kind of like shitty websites. But if you work out your fonts, your brand colors, your logos, etc., doesn't have to be there on, on day one, but eventually it can work out. So yeah, that's something that we want to do as well, as well as working more on non-Amazon stuff. Because we, we have a lot of Amazon stuff on, on health ambition, but I just feel diversifying is, is something that we'll probably be happy we did. 
in the future. So we definitely plan on, on diversifying more as we grow the site, essentially. At the same time, if we were to start over from scratch, like day one with zero content, like I will go straight for Amazon. The reason being is it's like really easy to get started with that. There's a, you know, they have products for basically every kind of, yeah, keyword product you could imagine, except bananas apparently. And it's like, it's just, it's a great place to start and it can start bringing you revenue quickly. You don't have to sort of do too much like work to get into the program. And like to give you an idea and, and health ambition, we didn't actually add Amazon associates to our mix for a full year after we started. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely like leaving some money on the table right there. So yeah, we do that straight away. And, and we've actually started using uh, on the new health ambition, a plugin called AAWP to manage the Amazon links. So it's not exactly a typical link plugin thing. So it uses the Amazon API to, for example, pull the images. So you're fully compliant with the terms of service, which you may not be if you're using like pretty links or thirsty affiliates to manage your Amazon links. So that's, that's probably what we do if we're restarting from now. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at Robert Botta, for example, after like a year, he's making like 21000 a month from just Amazon. So yeah, definitely you can make good money when you start with Amazon. It's just for us. Like, I guess if we started over, we definitely start with Amazon. At the point at which we're now, it's time to diversify. We have hundreds and hundreds of articles that make money with Amazon. It's, it's time to like make money from other places too. Let's talk about size structure as well. Because like... Especially when you go into Atari Hacker Pro and the Atari Side System, we talk about size structure and then you go on health ambition. It's like nothing like what we talk about on the courses, right? And the thing is, we had no idea what we were doing when we started health ambition. And it's one of the things that has changed in the way I've done keyword research for our sites lately. So I used to only target low competition keywords, right? I used to be heavily relying on things like keyword difficulty only and so on. But what that does is essentially you start writing about like an article about a topic, let's say like how to treat ingrown toenails. That would be an example of an article that would come up on health mission. Then the next one would be like health benefits of lemon water. And then the next one would be, I don't know, how Scarlett Johnson uses apple cider vinegar, right? And these things have like nothing in common, nothing. And it's hard to build a site structure when you just have a piece of content on a specific topic. And, uh, you know, Google does like sites that actually, you know, treat about a topic in depth. And even if, if that theory wasn't true, because I have no proof that it's true, what works really well is the internal linking between similar articles. So let's say you have the article about Scarlett Johansson, apple cider vinegar face wash, I think that's the one that we have. And we have health benefits of apple cider vinegar. And then we have the apple cider vinegar drink you should drink in the morning and just add up all these things together. They can all interlink to each other. So when one gains a link, it actually produces a relevant internal link to all of the articles in the category. So when we do that together with link building, you essentially lift up multiple articles every time you build a single link. And so by essentially doing that, we can, on one end, build a site structure that has different polls with multiple articles on similar topics. So for example, in that case, apple cider vinegar. And at the same time, the link building becomes more efficient because of the very efficient internal linking that we have between these similar articles. So overall, the way we tend to do things now is we plan by essentially by content hub and we tend to mix types of content. So there's going to be uh, some commercial stuff that sells affiliate products, some informational stuff that's going to get links to our site. 
overall all emphasizing on social, even though we do have some articles that also focus on social. And then the navigation, I don't really want to give away how we're going to do the navigation on your house submission, you guys will see, but it's going to be making it easy to navigate the different hubs on the site, essentially. So yeah, site structure, we used to just have a single article approach. Now we tend to have a hub approach. And if I had to start over, I mean, we did start over brand new sites last year where we focused on the hub approach right away. And the results in search are like incredible compared to the sites we used to start on the single article level, right? Yeah, and there's actually a, a blueprint in Authority Hacker Pro about that. So if you are a pro member, the new content hubs blueprint, I think it's called, kind of shows you more or less how to approach this. Yeah. So do you want to talk about mobile? Because I, I know you, you particularly like that topic. <laughs> yeah. So when we started Health Ambition, we designed the site. Uh, I mean, when I say we designed the site. We used a fairly standard WordPress theme. Uh, I can't even remember which one we started with. Someone that had a really nice looking demo and theme forest. I'm sure many people have been in the same situation. We built it ourselves. We installed it. And then our version looked nothing like the fancy polished version on the demo site. So, But we just kind of went with it anyway. Over the years, we've iterated a number of times. Currently, we're using FocusBlog, is it? The Thrive theme. And we're about to switch to Generate Press uh, next month. However, it's not, sp not specifically the theme itself that causes this. It's more our kind of mental approach to it. I'm sitting here in front of a desktop computer with three monitors and I use my phone like a little bit throughout the day for if someone calls me or I, I don't know, to check my Bitcoin portfolio or something. Although not recently because it's way down. But in general, I'm using my desktop computer most of the time. But most people out there, especially as we've discovered in health, are not. They're using their, their cell phones, they're using their tablets to access health ambition. I think it's around like 73 or 76%, something like that, of all traffic. Oh, it's 80 now. Of all traffic to our site is on these devices. So why are we creating a site that looks good on desktop and then not really paying much attention to how it looks on mobile? It makes no sense. Yeah, we've done that. So in the new health ambition, our approach is going to be different. So we're making sure that it looks perfect on mobile. And then desktop is kind of the afterthought. I mean, it's still going to work well on both, don't get me wrong. But we're just taking mobile a lot more seriously in terms of design. And a lesson we learned from a recent Authority Hacker Pro launch, the one we did in October, where we had built a, a sales page that didn't work on a number of browsers and on a number of uh, devices, is to use, the lesson from there is basically to use, we use a tool called Browser Stack which basically allows you to open up your site on any, uh, it will like mimic a number of different devices, number of different browsers, versions of browsers even. And you can basically make sure that your site looks good on all of these, these things. Because there's when you're dealing with uh, like responsive designs and particularly on smaller screens, you know, certain elements like tables and pros and cons boxes and this kind of thing can really just be, be a bit messed up, like even across the same device, but different browsers and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's definitely worth checking, especially in this day and age where, you know, a lot of people are really pushing more kind of, I'd say complicated content, like with more elements uh, rather than just like text and headings. On Health Ambition at the moment, we have a lot of pros and cons boxes, review boxes, call out boxes, these kind of things, which which we've borrowed a lot from Drive Architect. 
So yeah, I mean, using browser stack as a way to make sure they, they work on mobile is I think the way to go. Because in our experience, you know, the mobile views in WordPress or Thrive Architect or whatever, they don't necessarily mimic reality. And they may show a working site when in fact it doesn't doesn't work. So and actually different browsers of mobile. So like I'm testing like, you know, Safari and Chrome and all of that, depending on the platform. A lot of older phones, they can't update to the latest version of iOS or Android. So they're using an older version of the browser. So same, you need to kind of check that out. Because for example, a lot of people have like, still have like a Galaxy S5, for example, right? We had like the S8 and the S9 is coming out soon. So, but like the S5 is still like one of the most common phones out there, but it can't update to the latest Android. Therefore, it's using an older version of the Samsung browser. And if you don't work with them, then you lose like maybe 0.5% of your traffic or something. And all these things just add up. Like that's multiplied by the number of old popular phones that are still out there. Like, you know, an iPhone 5, you see them still everywhere, but it can't get the latest version of iOS, I think. So, yeah, that's the problem with mobile. It's like we're working with also many different screen sizes. I mean, for example, most popular phones until last year were 16 by 9 ratio, but actually the new ones are 21 by 9. Usually it's fine, but like some of them are also larger and different resolutions and so on. So it's really, really getting complicated to make every screen work. Browser stack has been the one that has worked the best for us to test everything. And you're going to hate your page builder when you use that tool. So yeah. Let's talk about branding, though. So branding on health emission is a big word for what it actually is. Uh, <laughs> because essentially, you remember that when we did the last version of the branding, we essentially got a cartoon version of our persona, Helen, and it just became the logo with health ambition written in a bit of a goofy way. But we've had several iterations of the branding with different shades of green and so on. And even if I go on the homepage right now, I see three shades of green already. So... Overall, these things have stacked up to look very amateurish. The colors are all over the place. And so just redefining something. And that was also one of the reasons we started over because we re-uploaded every single piece of content. Therefore, everything is rebranded the way it should be. And it's actually branded with CSS, meaning that if we one day change our brand colors, we just go into CSS and we just swap the color code and then the whole site changes, which is going to save us a lot of hassle compared to doing what we used to do before, which is building these things individually on a page builder like Thrive Content Builder or Thrive Architect. And therefore, when you you want to change your site, you want to change something, you need to change absolutely every page one by one. And it's a huge, huge headache. And that's why, for example, when you go on Authority Hacker right now and you check the old post, the formatting is completely different from the new ones. And until we redo the site, it's going to be quite complex to actually uh, fix that. So actually... The solution that we've come up with is keeping the formatting simple. Try to do as much as possible the formatting with CSS, so like the headlines, the, all of that. You want to use CSS because you can apply it site-wide and you can do one change and send, change the whole site, which is amazing. Two fonts and two color max. And basically, as I said, keep the formatting simple. Remove the formatting bloat. Like we realized that uploading content on our sites actually costed a lot of money because we tried to make the pages so fancy. So we're actually moving back to something a lot simpler than we used to do, unless you know it's a sales page or something like that. And I think, I mean, I don't know if you guys have looked at it when you did outreach for link building, but has like fancier formatting correlated with more links acquired when you do outreach link building? No, not really. 
Okay, so basically, it's it's a little fancy, but probably not worth the cost to fancily format every. I, I, so, like, here's what's happening. Tools <laughs> like Thrive Architect are great, and they allow you to do a lot of different things. But once you have that tool in place in your organization, what will happen is that people will just try and use all of the elements, even when there's absolutely no need to use them. And this creates a lot of bloat. It adds a lot of time to the publishing process. It makes it very difficult to change things if you change theme or not necessarily change theme, but like, uh, you know, change your colors in future. Unless you have, you know, done it in such a way that you can edit it at the CSS level. And even then, you know, if you want to move to a different page builder in future, then it's an absolute nightmare. So our approach now, uh, and similarly, you know, what you said before about like, uh, a lot of the elements not working on mobile. Our approach now is essentially do it in the basic WordPress editor as much as possible. And anything else which we can't put in there, which we absolutely need. So in the case of health ambition, that would be like some of the Amazon boxes. Find either a specific plugin for that or use an Elementor Anywhere element or some kind of custom short code, custom it doesn't need Elementor anywhere. It just needs Elementor's library, Elementor Pro. Okay, fair enough. But that's basically our, our, our current approach that we're... Yeah, I mean, we still use page builders for sales pages, home pages, about pages, like, you know, the core pages of your site. But yeah, as much as possible, the actual content pages, we're trying to like not use a page builder at all. Which is interesting for a site that made a comparison of page builders, but we still see a use to them just on key pages, not on every page. And that just makes your whole site a lot more future-proof and simpler. We'll see if future tells us if we're right or not on that. Let's see. I'm curious, actually. I think we should talk about Persona right now, actually. So who is Helen Sanders? What's going on there? Well, if you're a regular listener of the show, you'll be well aware that Helen Sanders is uh, not a real person. Yeah, uh, so she, she is the persona which we've created for Health Ambition. We wanted to create like a sort of consistent face of the site. And we did a full podcast on this two weeks ago, actually, or three weeks ago. So go back a couple of episodes and listen listen to that if you want more info on why and how and the moral position of all that kind of stuff. But essentially, that's what we did. We built a fake persona. The goal of it being to provide a sort of consistent face of the site, consistent user experience for users. But, you know, to be honest with you, the majority of our readers on Health Ambition, they're not coming back again and again and again. You know, it's just they're coming through search, they're finding some information or clicking on a link or an ad or something. And that's great. I think we kind of overestimated the need to have this consistent face. If we were to do it now, if we were to start over now, what we I think we'd probably do is take the magazine style approach. So, you know, have the consistent brand, but just multiple writers as people come and go in the team, you know, swap them in and out accordingly. Just put the real name of the author, basically. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And we also sort of thought that like having a consistent person to do outreach would also be a good thing. But having a fake persona to do your outreach, it's limiting in a way. In that, you know, we get so many opportunities where people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like reach out to me on Twitter or give me a call or like let's Skype and like talk about this. And if you're not who you say you are, all of those opportunities are suddenly blocked. So, yeah, I think we're going to implement a bit of a shift in our our approach to that in the 
the not too distant future. I, I don't know if we'll necessarily like get rid of her altogether. Certainly not just all in a oneer, but uh, yeah, I think if we're starting again, we'd probably rely less on the the sort of persona side of things. Yeah, so if you're looking for a stay-at-home mom that can be a really good editor, Helen Sanders looking for a job, basically. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's talk about content creation. I think content creation. I mean, I mentioned earlier the insight structure essentially that we were all over the place. We were just like targeting the lowest keyword difficulty keywords. And actually, in the long run, hasn't proved to necessarily be the best way. We much prefer doing hubs lately. That's why I did that new blueprint in H Pro. It's one of the latest one released because it was kind of a different approach to the traditional keyword research, etc. And overall, it was kind of like all over the place. Like every piece of content had, you kind of had to come up with a, an angle and a structure for each piece of content, which was extremely time taking. We still do that on Atari Hacker, and we should definitely change that. But we've done it now for like a year and a half, two years or something. Is we've created templates of content. So for example, there's like the question post, which answers a popular question. There's like long expanded list posts. There's like the review post, etc. And we just have these templates. And each piece of content just falls on one of these templates. And so these templates already have writer guidelines ready for them. So at this point, we just need to do keyword research and attach the keyword to the template. And then freelance writers can essentially take the guidelines and the keyword and write an article, which is extremely fast and easy. And you've been working with editors as well on our site, Mark, but you've been doing that more than me. So I'd like to know what your experience is there and what you would change compared to when we started House Ambition. Yeah, so when you start, and this is like a common thing, is people treat content as a sort of commodity and they'll like, you know, do research for 50 keywords. They'll find a writer and then they'll give them just a list of 50 keywords and say, you're a professional writer, you know how to write, go away and write 50 articles about this. And of course, if you're a writer, like, you know, these are not robots, these are real people. And you, you're giving a list of 50 articles to write and the sort of impression that your boss may or may not be checking them particularly thoroughly. And, you know, you, you're just sort of writing content in order to like have some unique words on the page that will kind of like tick a few boxes. And of course, what you produce isn't going to be top content. So our, I guess, concern was in scaling content that if we get into this kind of mentality and writers have this approach, then all of our content is going to suck. And it's quite hard to sort of quantify good and bad content like automatically. I mean, you, so rather, it's hard to determine it automatically. There's no sort of metrics you can really use to analyze it. It's more of a just you read it and you can you develop a bit of an eye for what's good and what's not. So by having these guidelines which are constantly updated. And whenever we want to change something, we'll update it. Whenever we learn something, we'll put it in there. By having these guidelines, this allows us to basically like ensure that all of the content that's being produced is good. And there's certain things in there, like, like one of my favorite lines in there is every sentence must add value. So it's very easy if I can pick up a, an article that a writer's written, and then I see there's like some fluff or some like basically padding to fit meet the word count in there, then I'll just ask that writer, hey, does it does this section or does this sentence sentence add value? They're smart people. They know what's up. So that's really helped us to maintain quality. 
And the other thing which has helped us to make maintain quality as we scale is to have an editor in place. So that's really just someone whose job it is to make sure that the writers are, first of all, the spelling and grammar is on point. But more than that, that the quality matches our expected quality as defined in the writer guidelines or the content type templates. I was going to say, I find it ironic that we're like so hot con grammar, but I can't say this or that. And we say that on the podcast, you know? Yep. Me too. <laughs> so, so I'm definitely not the editor yeah. for the site. Although I am editing Atari Hacker, but for content stuff, not for grammar. Anyway, were you done with the editor? No. So, I mean, like starting again, it took us a year and a half, I think, to have an editor in place. And we had a couple of writers at the start. I think it was six months before we had one who was almost full-time, not quite, almost full-time. And I think had we had the combination of an editor, one sort of consistent writer, it doesn't have to be full-time, but uh, even if it's the same writer who's sort of learning and improving as he or she goes, plus the content templates, I think much earlier on we would have been able to hit and consistently hit a, a higher quality standard. If you look back at some of the earlier posts, they're, they're pretty bad. They're pretty all over the place, you know, because we didn't have any of these processes in place. Are we going to keep these posts? Yeah, we've migrated them all to the, the new one. We've fixed, fixed a number of them. Okay, just asking. Let's talk about analytics and tracking as well. So the problem with analytics is like, it's easy to just put the code on your site and see how much traffic you get, but how useful is that? I mean, it's nice to see. It's kind of an indication of how well you're probably doing. But it's hard to tell like what makes you money when you have a site that has like seven or eight hundred play nine hundred pages. I can't remember exactly how many health mission has, but a lot. And so and the problem was when you make money with affiliate, you have this opportunity to put tracking IDs on links so that it says, let's say you have a page about, and I'm gonna pick a random example, the best key shoes as an article, and you're looking at the ski shoes on Amazon, you have the opportunity to attach an ID to the links from that ski shoes page. And then on, on the Amazon report, you see the traffic from that ski shoes page, like how much money it made you. And as a result, you get to be able to make a list of all the pages that made you money, how much money they made. You correlate that with traffic and you can calculate what is your revenue per thousand visitors and so on. And then what that allows you to do when you do SEO is it allows you to say, okay, that page makes me $60 per thousand visitors. Well, this other one makes me $25 per thousand visitors. I have time to work on a few pages. I'm going to pick the ones that make the most money. And this way you can actually make your link building work, promotion work, internal linking work, anything you do to push your rankings up to focus on the most, the highest earning pages and you know, essentially increase your bottom line a lot faster than you would if you didn't have that visibility. So yeah, we basically put all the basic Amazon links initially, and now we'll be putting tracking IDs, not just on Amazon, on any affiliate offer really, so that we can have a page level reporting of earnings and earning per thousand visitors, which I'm really quite excited about actually. So yeah, and you can also, it's not just to sort of identify where you're making money. This is also a good way to identify problems in your business. Another of our sites, we, we run like a monthly basically sheet and we have all our affiliate programs and we look at which one's making money, you know, how much traffic we sent, the click, the conversion rates and that kind of stuff. And there was one program where we identified that we're still sending a lot of traffic, but the conversion rate was way down like zero point something percent, which is a lot lower than it would typically be. And we were able to, you know, 
that sort of told us, hey, there's something not quite right here. So we went that and had a, a look further and realized that there were some problems with the, like some technical problems with the way that we'd been doing the linking. So that enabled us to sort of identify some, you know, and fix the issue there. I think with, with analytics and tracking, and I'm not just talking about Google Analytics, I'm just like your numbers in general, is first and foremost, you have to know them. You want to have like a, at the very least, a daily and a monthly thing that you check. So for all our sites now, we have like a monthly tracking sheet, which shows at more or less a high level, a lot of the like financial things, but also traffic things that are that are going on. And for a lot of the individual things we're looking at, or we have already been setting up daily tracking sheets. So on Authority Hacker for Facebook ads, it's something we're sort of in the process of, of setting up. It's like, how much are we spending? How much are we making on a day-by-day basis? And this allows us to identify if there's any like immediate expensive mistakes that we're making that we need to, to fix and really just get an overall pulse for how things are doing on a day-by-day basis. Yeah, I try to not check analytics too often. I find it distracting, especially when you're a beginner. I think I used to to check like the traffic every day and so on. Now I'd say I check every two weeks or something. It's also something that you shouldn't worry about. But once you have these proper monetary analytics reports, yeah, checking every couple of days is probably a good idea. I'd say. I, I check uh, for our new sites. I check it every single day uh, now, and it's it's really interesting. <laughs> it, it actually correlates quite well with like when we're. Uh, you know, have a big surge in link building, you know, the the traffic tends to increase. I think stuff. you just made the perfect transition, link building. What's the plan? <laughs> so, I mean, when we first started Health Ambition, we did zero link building for, I don't know, a year and a half, two and a half years even. It was a long time. Yeah. I mean, we did time. the odd guest post here and there when we were doing tests of different things and whatnot, but like we never had a consistent structured link building process or a team to build build links. I don't really know why we, we didn't do that. It's kind of like our bread and butter. You know, it's such a core part of, of what we do now and what we teach as well. It seems weird that we, we didn't do it for so long, but yeah, I mean, that in itself is a problem. So starting it, not necessarily from day one, because it's, I think it's obviously important to get your site up and to get content rolling. But, you know, once you got your first 20, 30 posts up and you have a sort of system or perhaps a writer in place to do a bunch of the writing and it's kind of not hands off at that stage but it's starting to get a little easier and take up not take up all of your time then that's the perfect point just to basically figure out link building build a process and it doesn't need to be particularly complicated like there are hundreds of link building techniques out there hundreds of white hat link building techniques out there just pick one do it rinse repeat and uh and and kind of just get it going, basically. There was a guy in our authority site system Facebook group who had built a really cool site and had like 50-odd blog posts up. And he was a bit disheartened that he hadn't had any traffic yet. And you know, someone else asked him, like, have you built any links? And he sort of said, well, no, not really. I was like, there's your problem. To give you an, another example, one of the sites we started last year was, I think we started sometime in the summer. But basically, in around September time, we started link building. And then if you overlay the number of links we built and like when we built them with the traffic, I mean, the graphs basically match up exactly. It's uncanny. It's like very obvious that when link building was was starting, like how much of a difference that, that that had made. So, you know, we have several thousand linking root domains that we've built to Health Ambition now. But, you know, had we built 500 of those or 100 of those in the first 
six months or something, I think the site would have grown much faster in the early days than it perhaps But there's did. also something you can see with new sites where the first 20 or 30 links have a massive impact on traffic. Like, you know, a site with no links and a site with like 20 or 30 good links, it's a huge, like, you know, you go from nothing to a site that can get five, 600 visits per day, you know? And that can be the difference between, I mean, that is often a difference between making money and not making money. Now we add 20 links to health ambition. Does it really move the needle? Not that much. Um, no, I mean, that's because we have so many and the, the, yeah, per, the people who have more links than us have a lot more. So, you know, you know, we need another 500 or another 800 links in order to like beat the next person kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the effort initially, the effort yeah. initially is really tiny. And the percentage progress of, you know, when you have 10 links, you add one link, you, you grow your link profile by 10%. Whereas now we add one link and you grow by 0.001% or something. It's really like early link building for sites, for new sites is, is something that I wish we had done early as well. I think we could have, you know, it snowballs as well, especially when you do informational content, because if you do link building to a site, when you started with informational content, then you rank for informational keywords, like for example, health benefits of banana. Let's take that one again. And when you rank for these terms, people link to you. Like they, you know, when they're writing about other things, that they, they link to you, and you start amassing natural links. And then because of these natural links, you rank higher, etc. Yeah, to give you an example of that in practice. Quite early on in health ambition, we had an article about the negative effects of coffee. And for whatever reason, that article ranked number one for negative effects of coffee. And five different journalists, four of them from different Huffington Post sites, Canada, France, US, etc. And one from, I forget what the other one was, Yahoo News or something maybe. They all had clearly Googled negative effects of coffee and then referenced us and linked to us with a do-follow link in their article. So that's a kind of what that looks like in, in reality. And obviously those links are very high authority sites and very desirable to, to have. Yeah. So essentially, if we started now, we'd start link building much earlier on. We wouldn't wait too long. It's like you can rank somewhere without too many links, but the impact it has, especially early on, is massive. It's not an immediate impact. It's not the day you build the link that your rankings will go up. But a couple of weeks later, you should definitely start feeling the, um, the, the effect on your traffic. And, you know, I look at that site. We started like late last year and I'm like really happy. And that's because, well, we started the link building early on and we've kept it going, essentially. Another thing that I would do differently, uh, and I think that one comes with experience, is really be careful with the stuff we install on WordPress, like plugins. So um, I remember back in the day, you know, I would get sent to like, some kind of new JVZoo plugin, like marketing plugin on like, oh, it's going to automate your Facebook posting and your Facebook page or something. And I would install that plugin and I'd be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Only $34, that was such a steal and so on. And the truth is these plugins are very rarely well-maintained. They're often very buggy and so on. And they tend to blow your WordPress install, meaning your site gets slower, gets sluggish. There's conflicts with other plugins. There's more and more issues. And as you said earlier, like, you know, it's kind of like when you keep installing stuff on your computer and eventually it just keeps crashing. It's 10 times slower than when you bought it, even though the specs are pretty good and so on. Well, that happens with WordPress too. And basically nowadays when we need, when we need basic functions, for example, I know for the new version of Health Ambition, we need a function where it was just a shortcode that outputs the current year. So like you put 
year I put like 2018, next year I put 2019, etc. for the copyright and the footer. Well, instead of installing a plugin now, we're actually paying developers to just add that function in the core themes because this way it's just like it's not adding any where People that develop free plugins on WordPress, they need to make money somehow. And I'm sure we're not far away from having the first crypto mining plugins for WordPress, you know? And that, even if that's not the case, just the fact that many developers are amateurs and beginners and so on, means that these plugins are not optimized. They can take more resources on your server than you need. And you end up with a lot of bloat on your site, especially over time, even if you're like quite conservative initially. For example, we used to have a plugin for privacy policy that we just generated. You can literally go and copy paste that on page blank page on WordPress and you don't need a plugin for that. So we actually made a recent blog post on uh, the Amazon affiliate site setup. So you can go check on uh, atoyhacker.com on the blog. And we've given like a list of plugins that we recommend. Recommend all of them. But I think with everything that's there, you don't need anything more, basically. So I uh, highly recommend that you go check that one out. And if we had to start over, we'd keep it lean, lean, lean for the WordPress setup. Do you want to take the next point? Yeah, so I just want to add this in to talk a little bit about legal issues. So. There's basically two sides to this coin. And the first thing I want to say is like, don't worry too much about these things. You know, if you're just at home uh, starting your first site, like don't worry about setting up some kind of like complicated international tax structure on day one, like get things up and running and you could incorporate and like deal with that, that stuff as you sort of take off. It can be a massive distraction otherwise. And my general sort of approach to these things to our corporate structure, just to keep things simple, like, you know, it's fine paying a little bit of tax here and there, like don't try and beat the man all the time, like, because it's going to take up a lot of your time, your energy, your resources. And it's going to make day-to-day operations of your business just that much more complex. So the general approach is like, keep it simple, do what you get to do when you need to do it. The one exception to this which I would say is quite important to do. Again, like it's not day one, but you, you should at least think about that. This is uh, trademarking. So trademarking is a, is a somewhat complex issue, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Basically, if you don't trademark your brand, you're leaving yourself open to, let's say in the case of Health Ambition, another health company or a big multinational coming along and you, and trademarking that. And then even if we've been using that tr- trademark or that, that name to sell stuff before, it's very unlikely that we're going to catch the, their trademark application. And then that's going to go through and then it's going to cost us, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars in legal fees to, you know, reverse the trademark and like go through all that process. It's just, it's a really annoying thing, but I would definitely do that in the early days of, of, your, of your site. As soon as things start sort of uh, getting off the ground and you make your first like thousand dollars or something i'd say and the other thing to that is when you're picking a brand name pick something that is trademarkable so i wouldn't pick just like a generic phrase or something which could be if you call your blog marketing you're never going to trademark that so you know pick something marketing.com must be quite expensive as well i mean if you it's like marketing dot i don't know something weird or you know what i mean like that's an extreme example but yeah yeah, so yeah. yeah that's Basically, all, all I want to say about that, it doesn't need to be too complex. That, that is the one thing which I would say is the most important to, to bear in mind. Cool. Do you want to take the next point as well? Because that was your point, actually. The number one, I, I've said this time and time again, the number one problem that people sort of face in terms of getting going is focus. So 
we've done many podcasts on on this thing called like shiny object syndrome. In online marketing, there are a million and one ways to make money, and there are quite a few of them that actually work as well. And it's very common that you'll read a blog post or you know overhear someone talking in the bar at a conference about doing really well in a certain thing, or your mates just made half a million dollars in cryptocurrencies or something like that. And it can be very enticing. There's some like deep seated uh, thing in our 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 human psyche that we need to like pursue resources. It's probably some kind of evolutionary psychology trait, but nevertheless, it, I've seen too many people start building a business, even start getting off the ground, making you know a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, only to abandon it and stop it and start something completely different, which has no kind of overlap, just because they heard someone else was making six figures a month doing that. So the real game here is not one of of knowledge in terms of like figuring out what to do it's one of execution and with health ambition we kind of had this problem at a more sort of microscopic scale so i mean we still wanted to keep we still kept on on pushing the site and growing the site but our kind of approach to what we were doing changed a lot so we didn't do any links to start with. We, we we played around with ads, but then we didn't really follow it through. Then we heard people were making money off of ClickBank, so we did that. Then we heard you could make more money having your own product on ClickBank, so we did that. Then we could make, heard you could make more money having a membership site, so we did that. Then that didn't work. So, you know, like, and there are, uh, you know, a dozen or so other stages in between all of, the, all of those things which I just mentioned. But if we were starting again, all I would do is produce info content, produce monetized content, i.e. affiliate kind of content, review articles, whatever. After that was going and that was going steadily, I would get links in order to get more traffic. I would monetize with display ads and I would monetize with the Amazon affiliate program. And I would get myself to 10K a month before I even consider doing anything else. And if you take that approach, then you know once you have a bit of money coming in consistently, not to mention a site which is worth just shy of half a million dollars, then it allows you much more room to, to grow in different directions and you can bring in people to help you and get the resources you need to, to do those things properly while still you know maintaining your trajectory of, of, of growth. So yeah, kind of keep focused and doing what you're doing and don't sort of chop and change the whole time is, is real, the real takeaway. For me, that's the real risk of conferences, you know? They're like basically a window of distractions and like seeing how other people do things, etc. And it can be great to trade ideas on like things you do with other people and like just overall be aware of the market. But a lot of people, like I might go to some this year, but like I haven't been to going to a lot. And the reason I always give people is like, we have plenty of ideas, we have no time, you know? And it's like, I don't need more ideas, I need more time. And that has been uh, eating, like conferences eat time and give you ideas, which uh, felt like actually the opposite of that. So yeah, focus is so important. I see so many people, you know, they make three, four, five hundred dollars per month. And they're just like, ah, this, I can't, you know, they've been going at it for six months, maybe or something like because they were learning, they were beginners and so on. And it takes some time to get going. And yeah, giving up when it wouldn't be very hard to 10x that business, just do 10 times more. And then you make four, five thousand dollars per month. And then you can, I mean, you can at least cover your cost of living and work on this full time or just spend that money on outsourcing more writing and, you know, another 10x and then you make a lot, you know. So 
yeah, focus. And I think that's going to be, this is going to be quite visible on the new health ambition. I think we're not going to come up with something completely brand new, crazy, et cetera. It's just going to be the core ideas we had just executed better. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's interesting. Like a lot, like in a, in the early days of the Authority Hacker blog, you know, every post we had was some like completely new idea, which was kind of like very different and had a very different sort of purpose to it. I think what you're seeing more and more is like there's a consolidation of what to do, but also we're expanding our like how we teach the execution part. So like how to optimize things, how to do this in a better way, how to run your business processes better. You know, it's something that we had to learn ourselves and we still have a long way to go in terms of our business processes, our SOPs. I mean, we just did the podcast on that like four or five months ago, I think it was. And we've we've been building that already. And it's like, it's already starting to have a, a nice effect. Um, so, you know, we, we'll, we'll be looking to share more of those things as well. But it's just a, like a conscious, you have to always be conscious of whether you're working on, you know, an idea or uh, on executing that idea, you know? Yep. I think that wraps up that podcast, actually. Do you, this podcast, did you want to add any last word of wisdom? No, not really. I mean, I think we've, we've basically the last point about f- keeping focused and being very aware of shiny object syndrome is the main thing. We'll try and keep you guys updated on how this new health ambition launch or switchover goes. As I said, it should happen in, in the next month or two. And yeah, hopefully we can. Yep. I think that wraps up that podcast, actually. Do you, this podcast, did you want to add any last word of wisdom? The, the other thing as well is we've actually started responding to all our comments now uh, again. So if you want to interact with us, uh, you're a fan of the show, you like what we're doing, you have any suggestions for the show, go to that URL, authorityhacker.com slash start dash over and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of this episode. We, we, we'll talk to you there. I think we should make a three months or three or six months podcast on like how it went, what was wrong, what we didn't think about and so on, you know? So there's uh, anyway, all the show notes for everything we mentioned in that podcast are going to be available on authorityhacker.com slash start dash over. So authorityhacker.com slash start dash over. If you enjoy this podcast and you have not subscribed yet, I recommend you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.